Hey, beautiful listeners, welcome to episode two of the 4Q podcast. I'm so happy you're here with us today because today you're going to see our 4R method in practice. So the 4Q podcast, as you would have heard in episode one, is based on the 4R method that we use in our Life Reset course, which is reflect, redefine, redesign, and then realign. And I'm so lucky that today I got to speak to Jason Shuey, co-founder of RL Solutions, philanthropist, father, well, you'll hear the bio in the episode, but he's an amazing person who co-founded a massive company and went all in. That's a big task. I was really curious about how he developed the skills and the courage and you know, all of those things to be able to go all in because that's not an easy task, right? So in this episode, you'll hear me go through the four R's with him to hear his journey of who he is now and what were the defining and redesigning moments where he decided, yep, I'm going all in. And how did he get to that point? And how did he handle sort of the negative stuff and negative criticism that goes along with creating your own path. So you'll get to hear that. And you'll also get to hear how someone who's balancing so many hats stays in alignment and stays with their true self. I'm so excited to share this podcast with you. And of course, before we jump in, don't forget that this podcast is sponsored by our business, Savasana Collective. If you're interested in online courses, that are self-paced, that you can do from the comfort of your home, whenever you want, on your schedule, which saves the hassle of making appointments and scheduling time off and all of that. These are crafted by, by tertiary qualified professionals like myself with evidence-based research because we know human behavior and we know what works long-lasting, not that short-term nonsense. So if you're interested in changing your life, making it in alignment with who you are to get rid of those feelings of stress, anxiety, feeling lost or overwhelmed, and to create more groundedness, balance in your life so that you can feel calm, clear, and content, just like Jason on today's podcast, then Go over to savasanacollective.com, join our email list and check out the Life Reset and Transformation course. All right, let's jump into today. Hey, I'm Sheena Shuey. I'm a registered social worker and host of the 4Q podcast. I'm passionate about normalizing, not pathologizing life, and that's not easy. So each episode, I have amazing guests on to share the messy, beautiful ups and downs of life in four key questions with tips and tricks along the way. There are moments in life where you can embrace your story and understand that it's okay not to feel okay sometimes. So let's get into it. This is the 4Q Podcast. Jason, thank you so much for coming on today. My pleasure. Glad to be here. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy to have you on, especially because you're going to be my first guest on this podcast. Um, oh, I feel so honored. 
so honored. I, I was thinking to myself, actually, if we should make a deal that if this if this podcast thing is for real and I actually stick with it, if I make it to a hundred episodes, you're going to interview me for the hundred episode. Oh, I love it. Does that right. sound cool? Deal? Sure. <laughs> and I'm going to get out, I'll have to get out my Toastmaster lights. Red, red yellow, green. Yeah, yeah, so you have to. I know when you're, when I want yeah. you to finish, I'll just start clapping. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> perfect. That's awesome. So, um, yeah, so I guess let me just do your bio. So for people who obviously, who are new here, which is basically everyone, because this is our new podcast, <laughs> um, I'll just introduce you to those who don't aren't familiar with you. So, so um, Jason Shuey is a husband and a father of two teen girls, and he's the co-founder of RL Solutions. So RL Solutions is a global software company that focuses on safer healthcare. So for over 20 years, Jason helped to grow RL Solutions from a company of two, so just Jason and his partner Sanjay, to over 250 staff. The company during that time became a global leader in the field of patient safety software, working with over 2,000 hospitals and health systems, including some of the largest and most renowned healthcare organisations in the world. In 2018, the company was acquired, which allowed Jason to step back from the day-to-day -day operations and focus more on his family, mentoring young entrepreneurs and investing in early stage companies. So Jason is also an active philanthropist, establishing the Paul W. O'Leary Foundation with his wife, Paulette. So the Paul W. O'Leary Foundation is a charitable private foundation that invests in children. Foundation supports community-based programs for fun and play through sport, the arts and education, uh, with a consideration for disadvantaged and disabled children. Um, as part of the foundation's work, Paulette and Jason are working with a talented team to construct 2181, or is it 2181? You let me know. 2181. <laughs> 2181, good. Um, so to construct 2181, a centre to run children's programs. The centre will include studios for art, cooking, dance, and a performing arts theatre. 2181 is scheduled for its grand opening in September 2021 in the Beaches area of Toronto, Canada. So recently, Jason has taken up the art of canning and preserving food. And he's got a pantry of jams, pickles, preserved fruit and sauces. Um, and I saw some photos of this last thing. His last <laughs> adventure in canning was making 80 jars of tomato sauce with over 300 pounds of tomatoes. So... Um, First of all, yeah. <laughs> I saw well, that. I, brought, I, I thought I thought I'd bring you know bring some evidence of of the stuff that I've done. So you can see here, I got even peaches or. Yeah, I'm. I mean, so many avenues to take for reflect because the <laughs> first part of this four R formula is reflect, and we're just reflecting on who you are. So first of all, like. I don't even know where to begin. The the philanthropy for one, I mean, that's just incredible. That that foundation and the 2181 Centre, it just sounds amazing. Can, can you tell me, you know, what made you, you know, stepping into retirement early, people go, I'm going to be on a yacht in Europe just relaxing, but you've decided to invest back in the community with your wife, Paulette. What, you know, sparked that for you? Yeah, yeah, good question. Well, it uh, so Paul was uh, Paulette's father, and so 
<clears throat> we, uh, we, you know, things went so well with, with RL and, um, and the transition and, um, uh, with, you know, being able to, um, be acquired and having a little more capital, um, you know, you use a certain amount, but there's a lot that, you know, we, we, we've always been kind of humble people that want to give back. So we thought it would just be a real feel good to, uh, to do that. And Paulette's father was, uh, very much in the community. He was a hockey coach. He helped people out. Uh, he was a farmer. Um, he was involved in art and all kinds of other things and, um, you know, really supporting children. And we just thought, what a great, uh, way that ch you know children are the future of our society and you know by investing in them through fun it means that hopefully we'll have a better future that's that's the goal so and since we have some time and you know we want to feel good um we just thought i and, and the other thing is i have a lot i still have a lot of feeling tank i uh I, i'm only 49 and uh i figure you know i still have uh still have a lot on the go even though i'm it's nice because I'm able to spend time with the, with my girls now and uh, and do other things um, that are a little more fun. It's optional, but I still you know have this desire to continually uh, feel like I'm of use and have some purpose. Purpose is important. Yeah, yeah. I guess if it's one thing that I know you, because I know you somewhat personally as well, is um, you've got, yeah, you've got this infectious energy about you. And I can see how, even though you retired quite young from, com compared to most people in your sort of early to mid 40s, um, you know, I can see how it would be difficult to just sit and, and chill <laughs> for, someone, for, for someone like you with that infectious energy. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it, that's the thing is, you know, part of it is having the opportunity to have more time. And, um, I, you know, if, um, if I wasn't doing these other things, you know, we, we, I probably would start up another company because it's just, you know, when, if you're, I'm not 80 years old, um, and golf only has so much attention span for me. So I'm happy to, you know, to do these kinds of things. And, and it, it is, different like it's very different uh being in software for almost 30 years um you know it's very intangible and you can't you can't put your hands on it you can't put your fingers on it it's it's you know it's it's uh it's something that although you can use it there's there's nothing really physical about it and so i feel like uh doing this project with 2181 is uh kind of a you know my uh my rebound girlfriend <laughs> where it's like totally the opposite where now it's like everything is, you know, construction and physical and, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're demolishing things and then rebuilding this massive building and everything going along with it. It's, uh, it's definitely, it's amazing how many details go into that. Oh, I never would have thought it. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, I yeah. think anyone who starts a project and sees the end goal, but then has to break it down into quarterly goals or operational plans, strategic plans, then you go, oh, wow, this isn't as romantic as I thought it might be. But yeah. you know, that, hard work <laughs> that hard work pays yes. off eventually. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... It's been a labor of love, and uh, yeah, I was you know I thought if if I'm gonna if I'm gonna quote unquote retire, which I don't think you know I, I don't think that's gonna happen probably ever in my life. Um, you know, I I feel like uh, you know it's not gonna be putting me out to pasture. 
like, you know, maybe the, the previous generations were always thinking, you know, I, I, I made it when I retired, I made it and I don't have to do anything. I'll just, you know, sit around all day and garden and do all that kind of stuff, which isn't bad. It's, it's therapeutic, but there's a lot more exciting things for sure. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. I guess it, it has been such an amazing journey. And I guess that's where we're going to go to the second part of this 4Q podcast, which is the redefine. So, you know, I kind of want to know what, you know, was there a moment or in your life that sort of redefined things for you that sort of got you a new perspective or meaning? Because what you went through, you know, starting a company, growing it from two people to 250 and a world leader um, is not something that everyone could do. And I can imagine there would have been a lot of sacrifices along the way that would have taken a lot of character traits. So can you tell me about what moments in your life do you think helped you lead up to that point and, and what made you who you are so mm. you were able to do that? Could you share that with us? Sure, sure. Well, I think, um, you know, when I, when I graduated university, I got my first job and, and it ended up being in, in software like sales and, uh, and it's great, but it's very high pressure. And, uh, you know, you, you're, you're um, like, like a lot of jobs, you, you know, it's, it's obvious to see if you're performing or not. And some things are out of your control. Some things are in your control, but I just remember, um, you know, being in, in technology sales. And then I moved to a, a much larger company, uh, systems integrator. And at that time, um, it was literally pounding the pavement because, you know, there was um, a lot of competition and I was working constantly and really stressed um, and just that corporate kind of environment that just, you know, pushes you to the nth degree. And I, I was very influenced by it. And um, eventually what ended up happening was I was working like a lot of hours and I, I developed uh, pneumonia actually. And I ended up, uh, being, I was, uh, I remember I went, I went to this, um, it was, I think it was a, a friend's um, engagement party and uh, we had uh, cigars. And while, um, while I was smoking a cigar, I just was coughing and I just couldn't stop coughing. And I couldn't, uh, I couldn't get warm either. I was just feeling really cold. And now it's, 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 it gets cold in, in Toronto. Um, and it was a little cool during that time. It was the fall, but it wasn't that cool. But I literally went out to my car and because I just felt like it wasn't warm enough in this place that we were in. And I turned the heat on full and I was just like, it was just pumping just to try and get warm and I couldn't get warm. And so I ended up driving home and um, I, the next morning I woke up in just a pool of sweat and I was still freezing. And meanwhile, I was sweating. So I knew something was wrong. So I ended up going to the hospital um, and, uh, they checked me in and I, I had, I had a pretty serious case of pneumonia and I was literally in the hospital for over a week and, um, they did IV of, uh, of, I think it was erythromycin. And I remember the first night I was there, everything that could go wrong did as far as, um, having it, my, all my joints were in pain. I couldn't, like I was incontinent. Like everything was going wrong and I knew, like, I actually remembered that that night clearly because I just, I thought to myself, if I get out of this, I'm going to change my life because my life is like what, you know, I, I'm, I'm here to enjoy my life. I'm here to appreciate this world. Um, and I definitely have been putting it on hold, doing things that really didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. 
um, just to, you know, just to push and, and for the almighty dollar or for recognition or whatever. And, um, and so thankfully, like, um, you know, a couple of days later, I started to feel better and better. And I, I realized when I was in the hospital, um, I, I thought to myself, what, like, if, if this isn't, if I'm not doing what um, I, you know, I enjoy doing, you know, what would, what would that be? What would be kind of, what would be those things that I, you know, find a lot of joy in? What would be those things that, you know, if I had a week where I could just do anything I wanted, how would, what would be that week? You know, what would be on that week? What would be things that I do during the day? And I literally wrote down a whole bunch of different things. And uh, once I got out of the hospital, it took me about a month to recuperate from it at home. Um, and I went back, I, I literally went back to the job and I, I quit because I realized it just, uh, it just wouldn't work for me. And I ended up, uh, one of the biggest things that was, um, that was on my list of things that I wanted to do was actually write a novel because when I was in university, I, I, I got these little ideas here and there and I always write them down on a piece of paper and I just threw them in my desk. And, uh, after university, I looked at it and I, I saw that, you know, all these ideas could make a really cool story. So I thought, you know, I, I would love to spend my time writing a book. And so I, I quit uh, and I ended up spending six months writing a novel. Uh, um, of course, it wasn't, it wasn't like I, I was, uh, you know, really focused on <laughs> writing a novel because, you know, when you have time off, that's not all you're doing. But, uh, you know, <laughs> and, and not to say that that novel was, was worth reading. Um, I have it on, I have it again on computer somewhere and, you know, I haven't even gone back to it, you know, <laughs> probably, what is it, 30 years ago for, or maybe uh, 25 years ago. And, uh, and I haven't gone back to see how, how, uh, you know, how good of a writer I was because it's amazing how when you're 26 years old, how, uh, you know, the world's a little different than when you turn 50. <laughs> so, so that that was actually that was actually a pivotal moment for me because I realized my life is worth more than anything externally and if it means risking it all to have a, a good life I have to do that so I'd rather do that before I die so well that was that that was literally what changed my life Wow, that's yeah. that's amazing. And before like I guess we smacking me in the face. <laughs> and I guess that's the thing too is that um, some of the guests who I have spoken to, besides you, even though this is going to be the first episode, is around. Um, it is those moments that smack you in the face that redefine things, but it's also how you make meaning of it too. So you know there are certain people who, when they get smacked in the face, have those negative thoughts of this shit always happens to me, you know, I'm just filled with bad luck or, you know, whatever, but you were able to make meaning of it and redefine it in a way that you go, I'm going to make my life better. Do, do, do you think was there, why do you think you thought that way instead of the previous way I spoke about where someone might, you know, might have like a bit of a poor me kind of attitude around it? Boy, um, I don't, that's a really good question. I don't know. I, I played a lot of sports growing up. Um, mm. And I think that, you know, I, I grew up with two brothers that, you know, we'd always be you know, beating on each other. So, <laughs> you know, there was, you know, the moment you admit defeat, you're done. So, 
you know, it was always, you know, there was always some kind of um, adversity. And uh, I think, you know, especially, I, that's why I've always been a big proponent of sport because I think that it really brings out a lot um, in people as far as character and character building. Um, because when you're faced with adversity, um, you have choices and um, you see what your choices, uh, what the impact of your choices are, like very specifically, right? And, and in a time period, you know, a time frame that most people's attention span can understand, because if it's something where you're involved in something for years and then you see it, you might not really get the point of, you know, what the exercise was for, so... Yeah, I think yeah. That, I think that really made a difference. Yeah, and yeah, definitely. So, so we're going to jump into the third element, which is redesign. So we've done reflect, we've done redesign. We'll jump into redesign. So you've had this defining moment where you go, actually, like I want to live my life in a way that I I want to live it. You know, I'm choosing to rather than being a slave to my life. Um, how did you go about, like, what tools did you use to redesign your life? Because, you yeah. know, I'm really curious, like, <laughs> I, again, I sort of mentioned this to you off air before we started recording that not everyone just goes, you know, throws caution to the wind and goes, I'm going all in, you know, I'm, I'm doing this because there is a lot of risk involved, but obviously it paid off for you, which is amazing. And I'm worried, I'm wondering, mm. you know, how did you redesign it and how did you have the intuition or the gut feeling or the um, resilience, whatever you want to call it? How do you, how do you think you developed that to have the courage to go all in? Mm. Well, I, I, one, one thing that helped me a lot were um, like self-help or self-empowerment books, you know, Tony Robbins, um, you know, the seven, seven ha uh, habits of highly effective people, like mm -hmm. these books really give a lot of, um, inspiration of what, um, you know, what are principles that could work in that. And, um, it's funny because when I'm reading it and I'm trying to practice it, you don't totally know if it'll work, mm -hmm. but then you know, in hindsight now, because it's worked for me to get to the point that I am, I feel, you know, I, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm living a pretty good life, that um, it's, um, they do work, but you have to, like, it, it, in some ways, it's kind of like a leap of faith. You gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta throw it out there and um, just hope and have, you know, the faith that it'll work. Like, I remember when we first started up the company and uh, we were a few months in and we had a couple of employees at that point and we were paying their, um, you know, their salaries and everything. And, uh, but we weren't paying ourselves, which is fine. But literally we had like a $50,000 credit line and we were, we were down to like 45,000 on the credit line. Uh, like we had used up 45,000. So we had 5,000 left on the credit line and the payroll was more than $5,000. And I remember at that point, I was working, I, I worked from home and I was calling all our clients to try and, um, you know, see have they paid their invoices yet? Uh, is there any way they can, uh, you know, send in a check, you know, quicker or whatever. And I remember calling everybody and anybody that, um, that, we, uh, that we had, uh, business or, or, you know, accounts receivable. And I remember after I did the last one and I, you know, there was nothing that came up. I just remember sitting back in my chair and just thinking, 
I've done everything I possibly could. Like if this is where it ends, then so be it. I did everything I possibly could and it was out of my control. Thankfully in the last minute, we did get a check from one of our clients and it kept the lights on. But that was literally a, a mantra that I used, especially in the early days was, I'm just not gonna stop. I'm just not going to stop. And using all, anything and everything to just stay positive, stay hopeful, stay empowering, um, especially during those times when like nothing's happening right. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems like everything's going wrong. You know, we, we're not, like, I, I don't know how many times there were their friends and family saying, you know, when I told them what we were doing and they're like, oh yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how long that lasts before you have to get a real job. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and thankfully it went the right way, but you know, uh, you know, to be totally, uh, you know, honest about the, about everything, there's a possibility it w- it couldn't have worked, and I'd have to get another job. Um, so it happens. But, but I think, you know, from my perspective, is if you just, you know, time is a great equalizer. If you just keep chipping away at it, eventually you'll get to where you want to be, whether luck takes you there or not. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and. I think one of the fascinating things that um, speaking with you about, I, I can, I just can imagine being in that situation because I have been in that situation myself where, um, when, when outsiders don't get it, you know, you're so passionate about this thing and you're like, okay, this is what I want to do with my life. I'm going all in. But, you know, friends and family, of course, they care for you and they want you to to get the comfortable, cushy nine to five job that pays the bills, but grinds down your soul. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, yeah. You know, how how did you um, read, you know, you're in the middle of redesigning, right? You've already gone through that moment where you're like, I'm going to live life my way and I'm going to go all in. I'm reading these books, these inspiring people who are going, you can do this, take this leap of faith and you're, you're trusting the process. But how did you manage those external expectations from friends, family, loved ones? And of course, getting married during this time, having kids mm. during this time. How did you mm-hmm. keep that momentum and chipping away through those big milestones as well? <laughs> One thing I realized and it, I think <laughs> that it might laughter have been, just gets me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe it was, uh, it, I think it might have been like four years in that we were doing it where I realized it doesn't help to complain to anybody about anything. <laughs> First of all, they don't want to hear it. And secondly, they're not going to give you anything that you, you know, that, that, can be of value for you at that time usually. Usually it has to come from inside. So, you know, I think I realized I gotta stop complaining about things, period, because it's not gonna help anything and just drive, you know, drive from the inside. I don't know what else, you know, what else to do. Yeah. You know, there's there were there were definitely you know stressful times. I remember there was a time where uh, you know, we were just, you know, trying to keep the lights on. It's still at the company. And that's the thing is um it's not like you have one challenge and then you're over that hurdle. And then all of a sudden the grass is greener. <laughs> These things continue and continue. And I think if you, if you keep, a, you know, if you have that desire to understand, uh, you know, life in, in, you know, from uh, overall perspective and where, where you fit in it. And, and if you, you know, if you 
see the signs and recognize that, you know, there may be times where life is telling you things. It's an ebb and flow with life. That's how I feel anyway. And, you know, sometimes you attract things, sometimes, uh, you know, things come, sometimes they don't. Um, but, uh, you know, if you, uh, if you go with the flow, I, I, I'm a big proponent of going with the flow and, uh, you know, being aware of those signs of when life is telling you things and, you know, it's not always easy, but, um, if you can kind of get into a cadence with it, you know, these small challenges, once you overcome them, you start to build that momentum and confidence and bigger challenges end up coming and bigger challenges end up coming. Even now, even though I'm retired, there's challenges that we have. This uh, project with 2181 is uh, a massive undertaking. Um, it's taking a lot of people. Um, it's going to take um, over a year with, um, you know, probably 20 or 30 people at least that are going to be working on this project. Wow. Uh, the budgets that are going along with it are multi-million dollar budgets. And, um, you know, there's a fair amount of, of stress that goes along with, with all of these various aspects, especially when some things don't, don't go right. Like even, you know, we had, uh, we had a tenant in, uh, in, um, in the building that, uh, you know, we were looking to do this and, and we had, to, you know, we, they knew that we were um, doing this for philanthropic, uh, philanthropic purposes. Now they have a lease and we wanted to compensate them for that but they were literally wanting to get as much as they could and they didn't want to leave. They liked their, their space. And so these challenges and trying to negotiate through it to get to a common place um, that, you know, these, these are challenges that they don't just stop just, you know, because you're retired and you can afford to pay the bills. That's only one aspect is, you know, mm -hmm. financial security. There's, there's so many other pieces that go along with it. And if you, uh, if you're able to uh, to just take it a step at a time and take it a day at a time, it's uh, it just like it's so funny. It's just like uh, what, what is it? Uh, Alco Alcoholics Anonymous, isn't that what you know? Take it a day at a time. It's no different for anything else. It's no different. It's no different. Just take it a, a step at a time, a day yeah. at a time. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> and Just I guess one one tangent that I do want to uh, ask you about before we move on to our next sort of area, but um, my my next guest after you, her name's Anna, and she's amazing as well as you are. Um, and one of the things that you know in her journey from going you know from a high stress situation and redesigning a life that makes sense to her, um, she also talked about signs and listening to the signs and she sort of was mm. you know she's not a religious person she's more of like a, maybe a spiritual person but she doesn't have any kind of clear practices but she was exactly the same of like you know she followed opportunities when they appeared and they appeared just when she needed them to you know mm. they some things just aligned what do you think what do, how do you make sense of that and how do you know when it's just like yeah I'm just I'm just gonna go for that thing or you know, how do you know when it's a sign, like the timing's right? And, and how do you get into flow? Um, I know I'm throwing a bit of, you know, few questions at you, but I think flow is such an ideal state. And if you haven't experienced flow before, it's hard to kind of get the concept of what is this like, you know, flow state that people talk about. So could you just talk a bit more to that as well? Sure. I think one of the biggest uh, transformative things for me, and I think this is one of the things that if, you know, if somebody does it, I would 
guarantee 99.9% of the time, if not 100% of the time, that if, if, if you are able to get into a state regularly where you have a calm mind, where you can have some sense of silence in your mind, whether it's through some kind of meditation or some kind of um, activity that you have that gets you into that zone of just being comfortable and serene, uh, it makes all the difference in the world because mm -hmm. it just opens, opens you up to be aware uh, in ways that, you know, I remember when I was, I think they call it the monkey mind, but uh, I remember when we, you know, there were many times when we were first starting out and it was a slog and we were. Were you there? just going on top like working 80 hours weeks and uh, saying my internet connection is unstable oh there we go okay so Are, sorry yeah yeah <laughs> so you were saying that um you were just in the slog of things and there were times yeah. where you needed to do and, some yeah and, and i thought when in the early days i thought okay well if i put more energy more focus more effort into it that things will you know i'll be able to power through it and I realized over time that the more energy I put into pushing through these barriers, the stronger these barriers would get and it would actually just, you know, um, burn me out. Like, I don't know how many times I've been burnt out where in the early days where I literally, my vacation would be taking a week off and I would do nothing at home because I literally could not handle um, information coming in because I was just so spent. And uh, it took me it took me years to figure out uh, and use things like meditation or things that I enjoy to just kind of keep that balance um, where you're not always thinking and, and you realize that the, it comes from inside. It's not from the outside. The more you push on the outside, it's not going to change things that much. But if you allow and work with it, it's kind of like life is a, a river, a slow moving river. And you can either go against that river and you can still get somewhere or you can go with the river and get somewhere a lot quicker. So, mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's, it's kind of that kind of analogy that eventually kind of, it took me a while to figure it out. <laughs> a little bit of a slow learner, but uh, <laughs> I'm you know slowly getting there. <laughs> no, no, I think you're a hundred percent right. And so, you know, all our, all our research, like our neuroscience research and um, you know, Brené Brown's research around wholeheartedness, you know, it's the 10 year anniversary of that book, The Gifts of Imperfection. And all the research indicates that rest and play and that time in time are crucial for brain health, physical health, emotional, physical, mental health in general. And yet they're not valued in a Western society, you know, and you're so right is that we need to be able to create space to allow our brain to problem solve on its own. You know, the arts are also create, you know, linked to problem solving because it's you're allowing your brain to go into flow state when you do art, when you do music. So, you know, when I heard that that's mm. part of the 2181 project, I just was like, yes, <laughs> you love the sports yeah, part. I love yeah. the arts part. So, and, you know, I <laughs> think it's also good yeah, sorry. It's also, and it's also good to have people surround yourself with good people that can keep you in check, give you a little nudge here or there, give you some inspiration. 
um, whether it's whether it's uh, life coaches, uh, which I'm uh, you know I'm really a proponent of as well. That 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 helps take you to another level, or uh, a counselor, or a therapist, or uh, a friend. Um, any of those can be those people for uh, you know for you that can help kind of make sure that you know you're uh, you're you're going along. It's not just about yourself. It's also about uh, you know having people around you that can help keep you there. Oh, 100%. Couldn't agree more. So so we're up to our final piece of the 4R Formula Roy, our 4Q podcast. So we've done reflect, redefine and redesign. So the final part is realign. So, you know, this is just about your current joy and life and happiness. So what do you do now to stay on track to keep sort of calm and clear and content and you know, enjoy the the life that you've created now that you've redesigned it and you're living it now? Yeah, yeah. Well, well. First of all, is I'm I am getting older, so I'm looking at longevity <laughs> as well as happiness. But uh, some of the some of the things are, you know, it's funny. It, it it seems pretty common these days that it's getting out there. So things like um, having a full night's sleep is a big thing. Um, meditation is something that I do every day. Um, eating, eating well. And that's, you know, it doesn't always work that way, but, um, you know, I, at least I'm being mindful about what I eat. Um, having uh, good relationships is something that's really important. So being around people that you enjoy being around that make you feel good and, and, uh, and bump you up is really mm -hmm. important. Um, and, uh, and I, laughing, the, the other thing is laughing, just, you know, having fun. So, those are the things that literally I focus on 24-7 now. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and everything you're saying, I'm just nodding my head. Yeah. Yeah, it's habits. It's like, it's, it, it, like I, I don't know when I realized that really a life is just a culmination of habits. Our life is just a, like habits. And they're either going to be good habits or they're going to be bad habits. And if we can choose, you know, it takes, it, it takes, uh, being aware, right? It takes being mindful, but if you can choose healthy habits, it's a, you can go anywhere. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, one thing I'm curious about with actually with this realign that you've just mentioned, you've got some really healthy habits is around, you know, obviously sleep is crucial. So, you know, you've got sleep, you've got your time in with your meditation, you've got um, your physical health is being addressed through your diet and your exercising. But, exercise, yeah. Yeah, but um, two of the things that I think you really tapped on there were relationships and laughter, so play. Um, and again, you know, um, there's, there's sort of seven elements of a healthy brain platter, things that you need to be getting every day, and you've already mentioned most of them, but um, relationships and play are some of the most undervalued in, again, a Western culture, because we find in Eastern mm -hmm. cultures, that's just ingrained in everyday practice. How, for someone who has been a go-getter and has gone all in, how did you learn to appreciate play and relationships? Because I think those are the two things when you're living a busy lifestyle, those are the two things that kind of go really fast. How did you learn that? Actually, I have to put that first if I'm going to get all the other shit done. Hmm. Um, I think it was first um, having a wife. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> the wife is right. We all because, know that. Yeah. Uh, they will make sure that relationship stays up there <laughs> and lets you know when you know it starts going down, right? Yeah. So uh, not not to say that it has to be a wife or anything, but you know, people having people like like you know that you're committed to, that uh, you know that that you know that uh, it's important, and also having kids, having the family, family just mm. you know having my kids just totally changed changed my life, totally transformed my life. I felt like, especially when you know, because even even after years of being successful with uh, with RL and and it was on a good path and that type. Of thing um there were still times when there were challenges and i just remember at night there were sleepless nights and i just thought you know do i really want to do this do i really want to do this like is you know it's just it's it's still you know there's still challenges that go along with it and i just what always what always calmed me was knowing if there's one thing i did right it was those kids that's if there was one thing <laughs> <laughs> Everything else, who knows? Because uh, you know, as you know, they they call they they call you know when you start up a company, they call it a going concern. I always thought, why would they call it a going concern? Why is that like that's lit literally the technical term for it? And uh, now I know why they call it a going concern is because you're always concerned about it because it can always fail. <laughs> it can <laughs> always fail because it need it always needs people. It always needs people to function. Whereas when you have a, you know, when you have a child, it needs people to function too, but it's a, it's a life and it grows and it becomes its own thing. And it's just, uh, just a special thing. It's just, if you feel like you've at least done something right to help add value to the planet, you know, in some way. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Well, you know, I just think, I just love this chat. I think you, you just need, you need to become your own life coach because you're doing, <laughs> you know, you are just, no, but you, you're just living and breathing all the things that, um, you know, lead to a, a meaningful life. You know, it's not, life is about meaning. You could live, you could have the perfect house, perfect job, perfect this, perfect that. But if you're, not getting meaning and happiness and joy from it, you know, differentiating happiness and joy there. But, um, you know, that, that's what counts and that's what matters. And that's what's going to mm. matter when, you know, you're 110 years old because you focused on longevity and you, you're 110 and you're lying there and going, I, I lived a good life. Like I have no regrets, you know, um, is having, that's it. you know, it's, it's interesting. I remember reading this when I was, and this was before, like just when we were starting up RL. And I remember um, reading Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And one of the first exercises that it asks you to do is to write your, um, ep, uh, is it epitaph? Obituary? Um, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obituary or uh, like at the end of your life, what you want somebody, whoever gets up and talks about you, what you want them to say. <laughs> and it just totally blew me away because like that's, you know, and, and the funny thing is I remember learning this actually, um, the first was from my, my, my buddy Sanjay, who was like, when you, when you're taking on a project, like start at the end and work backwards. Because then at least you know what the end is and all those things that are going to get in the way of you getting to that end that you can deal with. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. When I, I remember, I, re, I just remember reading that and, and thinking like, that's, 
that that makes sense to me. Like that's that's the way to go, and hopefully you can get there. If like it it, it gives you a plan, it gives you a map. Right? Oh, a hundred percent. And I think there's yeah. a reason that after twenty years or whatever, that book is still in the top, you know, in the top book lists all the time because it is just yeah. so life changing and so relevant. So I have a copy of it as well. I think you know every. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every entrepreneur, everyone who's in this, you know, self-help or, you know, psychology, yeah. counseling, social work sphere, we need to know those, those habits, those healthy habits. So, um, so yeah. listen, Jason, it was an absolute pleasure having you. I'm so happy that <laughs> I, I thought to myself, I'm going to have Jason as the first, you know, I have interviewed <laughs> others. I do do the batch recording, but you know, I'm, I'm really happy that you agreed to come on. I'm so thankful that I know you on a personal level and I'm able to have you um, here today. So thank you for being open and honest to about the reality of life. Um, is there anything you want to say before we finish up today? Uh, just thanks. Thanks, Gina, for uh, having me on too. It's my pleasure to be here. And if, uh, if people get some words of encouragement in some way, it, uh, it just makes me feel good. So oh, good. Thanks for having me. And I'm going to hold you accountable. And thanks for having me as the first guest. <laughs> yeah. I feel so honored. <laughs> and I'm going to hold you accountable if I make it to 100. I'm going to be like, All right. let's do this. We're doing it again. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Awesome. All right. Thanks again. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Well, what a guy and what an interview, right? Um, I hope you could feel the infectious energy that Jason has through that interview because he is a very unique character um, and yeah, his journey was one that's amazing. So I guess just to summarise around what he's gone through, obviously that moment of ill health with his pneumonia was sort of a really clear moment of, you know, that epiphany moment that a lot of us have when something like that happens where you go, you know, life is short and, you know, something could happen at any moment. And so if I'm going to live this life, I'm going to live it with courage and I'm going to do things my way in something that I love. So I just, I loved that he shared that moment with us and that, uh, yeah, that, you know, what was he going through? Um, Off air, Jason also mentioned to me that Another thing that kept him going through, you know, family and friends sort of uh, having their concerns because all the credit cards were maxed out and everything was all in when he could have had a very irregular, cushy nine to five is that he felt like he didn't have a choice because in his mind, it's either choosing a life that is stagnant and stale and soul crushing or doing things his way in something that he believed in. So... That was just another thing for him. Also, the other clear thing that uh, definitely we encourage at Savasana Collective is he read those self-help books. You know, Tony Robbins, the guru himself, was a big inspiration. Um, and, and, you know, people like that, the seven highly effective habits of successful people, you know, those things. Um, the obituary, that's just such a clear question when you ask yourself what would my, what would I want my obituary to say about me? That's such a pivotal perspective. And I often reflect on that of myself. So I think that's fantastic. But also Jason did say, you know, linking in with psychologists, life coach, social workers, um, doing those 
improvement things like working on yourself is very crucial. And Jason actually, again, mentioned to me off air that he had been on a couple of retreats as well during that time that were really good for pushing himself further, but also staying in alignment with where he had already come. So I just wanted to share that. I think he's amazing. Again, if you are interested in going away on a retreat or doing a course that helps you get the clarity that Jason has through things like meditation and things as well, definitely check out our site, join our Instagram community. We've got a thriving Instagram community. That's our main social media hub. So that's just instagram.com forward slash Savasana Collective. And obviously savasanacollective.com, like I mentioned at the start of this podcast, join our email list, check out our courses. We've got the life reset up and we've also got a relationship course, the heart and soul formula. Um, easy to access videos that you can do anytime you like. All right. Thank you for joining me today. And I can't wait to see you in the next episode of the 4Q podcast. Take care. Bye.